everybody doing today? How's it going? Isn't it good? Seriously, isn't it good to be in the presence of Jesus and just worship? Isn't it incredible? Um, I thought you'd be more excited about that. Aren't, aren't you excited to be in church? And you know, there were so many months where we couldn't be in church that it really is an honor and a privilege. I think that when you go through four or five months where you can't gather together, man, you really appreciate those times where we do get to come together as a church family and just worship Jesus together. But how many of you know, we don't need the big room to worship Jesus. You can worship Jesus all by yourself in your car, come on, at home. Uh, you just, we just need the Holy Spirit. And uh, a couple of things as we begin today, I wanna do this quickly. But first of all, thank you all you first time visitors who are with us. Um, it's been a crazy season. Uh, how many of you remember those old things from like 100 years ago? They were called Connect Cards. You guys remember those? Remember those little pieces of paper that used to be in the back of, I don't know if they're still there, but those little pieces of paper that used to be in the back of the seats and we used to put our hands all over them and sign them and get our germs all over them, right? And then we would hand them into a bucket and then more hands would get on them and then we'd pass them out to other hands. Remember that? Remember those days? Well, those days are over. Uh, what we'd love for you to do, this is the new way that, that we're doing this and I think most churches are. If you're new today, we would like to know that you're here. This is the first time we've done this because we're rolling things out. All you do is go to that number that everyone is using. It's it, our, our version of this number is 720-704-0027. That's our communication number for the church. So if you're new today, we'd love for you to text that number and just, just type in the word, text, text the word. Did I say type? Type. I don't know where that came from. Probably my childhood um, when all we had was typewriters, but most of you don't, some of you don't know what a typewriter is. Um, but put new, just text the word new to us and you will get a response from somebody on our pastoral staff and we will invite you to a lunch. We used to have these great lunches and we're getting ready to launch those again. Um, not as often, but, but according to a plan, we're gonna have some lunches for you. We were running anywhere from 20 to 60 people in our new attenders lunches before COVID-19 and uh, we just have really been waiting for opportunities to start to get to know our visitors. So once again, uh, both online and also here in the room, can we just welcome all of our first time visitors today? Come on, we're back. Come on, we're back everybody. God's good. Also, um, we've been receiving a lot of communication about Kids Church and <clears throat> we just haven't quite been ready to launch Kids Church and we're still not, we're not quite there. Um, we wanted to get the daycare and the preschool back open for the community. Uh, that is now open. It's been open about three weeks. We started with um, opening the preschool and daycare for, um, for essential workers, doctors, nurses, that kind of thing. They were the first group to come back, and then we've slowly been kind of filling up. Uh, but the point is, is that the daycare and the preschool has allowed us then to prepare for opening Kids Church again. We're not gonna do it right now, but I think over the next three months, what you're gonna see is the church begin to strategically begin to service more ministry. Um, we're gonna start with kids ministries. Uh, Pastor Josh and Tiff are here this morning and they just do such a great job. On the 18th, Friday night the 18th, um, yeah, give them a round of applause because you, if you're new, you don't know how I feel about applause. Applause just have to be good or they're super awkward, okay? So we give them a big round of applause. But on Friday night the 18th, we're gonna have an outdoor, like PYP has done in the youth, we're gonna have an outdoor family night for all the families with kids. 
We're gonna put a movie on the side of the building out there somewhere, uh, put some speakers out there, and have a family night on Friday night, the 18th. And if you do have kids, you'll hear more about that, okay? You'll hear more about that. And then later on, not, not right now, but maybe in a month or so, we really are talking about when would be the best time to bring kids back, back to church. And I know they're working very hard on all of that. And the last thing I just wanna say to you is that if you haven't signed up for one of our devote groups, uh, let me tell you what those are. Um, during this season, where everyone has been so isolated in so many ways, uh, we've really prayed about how to handle this fall's small group system. And what we've done is we've just kind of said, no, we're gonna do some, some groups together as a church. It's not based on our connect group system. And those of you who know that language, there's a small group system that we have where people get together and hang out at home or whatever. We're gonna do it a little differently. We would love the whole church, everybody, to sign up for a devote group, especially if you're new in the church. These are anywhere from five to 10 people. The devote groups are five weeks long. They have a beginning and they have an ending. Come on, somebody. Some of you just are more worried about the ending than you are the beginning sometimes, all right? So it has a beginning and it has an ending and it will allow us to look at a portion of scripture uh, from Acts chapter two that talks about community. That's what we're doing. We're just trying to, to relate to each other, get to know each other, and get ourselves out of our isolation, out of our quarantine. So even though some of our bodies now are out of quarantine, some of our spirits are still in it. It's time to move out, okay? And uh, God's got a way to do everything. He's in this, so please, sign up for Devote Groups. You just text the number. And you text the word devote and someone from my pastoral staff will call you. I say that for everything. Someone from my pastoral staff will call you. We'll get you into a group this week. Uh, and they start in two weeks. So this morning, I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter six. <clears throat> 2 Kings chapter six. Now, uh, in the first service, I read this long portion of scripture and I'm gonna do it again. But in my mind, I just, I think I was, I think I was thinking too much. I wanted to get through all of it and I, I don't think I can. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a big, breath in this service, and I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to really speak to me and to be with us on, on how we're supposed to proceed this morning, because this morning's message is really a, about the supernatural and the supernatural world. Now, I believe with all of my heart that we're sitting here today having this natural experience, but did you know that just behind the veil, the Bible calls it in Hebrew, it's a veil, right behind the veil, Jesus is actually praying for us, and the Bible says that there's a spiritual realm, a spiritual world that is taking place, it's happening all around us, and God is in control of everything, and the more that we can tap into that supernatural understanding of faith, the more we understand that God is actually in control of everything. Come on, we have to believe that God has a plan for everything. Are you with me, okay? So I wanna, I wanna pray, we'll jump in, and I'm gonna read a little bit, and then uh, we'll, just, we'll just let the Holy Spirit kinda guide this to make sure that we get the right stuff out this morning. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing here today. I thank you for every single person in this room and every person that's online. I thank you that you have a plan for our lives. First and foremost, Father, you have a plan for each one of us. And that plan can't be quarantined. Father, I thank you that, that you spoke before our name, before we were ever on this earth, you knew our name. You knew where we were gonna live, you knew at what point in history that we were gonna arrive. And so with all of that understanding, we just know that you're in control and, and nothing surprises you and you have a plan. I pray for 
um, our spirits today, our hearts, our minds, our spirit. I pray that we would begin to, even this morning, have, a, have an awakening of sorts. Let us begin to see what is really happening around us and in the world, uh, maybe to a deeper level. I ask you, Lord, to speak to the spiritual man today. I, the, our heart, our spiritual heart, our spiritual mind, and open our eyes to see. Jesus, I pray for the city today that you bless our city. I pray for all of the city leaders, from the governor on down. I pray for every, every street, every neighborhood in the Denver metro that the peace of God that surpasses our understanding would flow through our streets. I pray, Jesus, that you'd bless all the pastors and leaders as they struggle sometimes and as they, they fight to get their churches open and try to figure out what all that means. But I know, Father, at the end of the day, you've got a plan and you can't quarantine the vision of God. And so we give you the glory today, Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen. All right, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter six. I'm gonna read a story from the, from the life of Elisha. And there's so much here, I won't get to all of it. I just, but there is something I, I really feel from the, from the Lord I need to, to try to share with you today. I'm gonna start in verse eight. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. And after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. Uh, but the man of God sent word to the king of Israel and said, beware um, of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. Basically, they're gonna wait for you. So, uh, so the king of Aram was going to set a trap for the Israelites and somebody told the Israelites, don't go there, it's a trap. But the man of God sent word to the king, beware of passing there because the Arameans are going down there. Verse 10, so the king of Israel checked on that place indicated by the man of God time and again. Elisha, who is the man of God, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. But this enraged the king of Aram. And he summoned his officers and demanded of them, will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, they replied, said one of the officers. But Elisha, the prophet who was in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the very words that you speak in your bedroom. Well, go find out where he is then, ordered the king, so that I can send men and I can capture him. And the report came back that he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. And they went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, there was an army with horses and chariots and they'd surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Now look at verse 16. This is what Elisha said. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, now open the servant's eyes so that he can see. Then the Lord opens the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Verse 18. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. And so he struck them with blindness. And Elisha asked, now I want you to picture this. They're looking for Elisha, but now they can't see who it is that's speaking to them. Watch this. So Elisha went out and told them, oh, this, uh, this isn't the road, this isn't the city. Why don't you follow me? 
and I'll lead you to the man you're looking for. And so they followed him, and he led them to Samaria. And after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, now open the eyes of, this men, of these men so they can see. And then the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked around where they were inside Samaria. And when the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Verse 22, don't kill them, he answered. Would you kill the men that you've captured by your own sword or your own bow? Instead, set food and water before them so that they can eat and drink and then go home to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. And so the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. And this morning, my message is called, You Can't Quarantine Vision. I, I, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed this morning by what I hear and what I see that, that's happening in the world right now. Even in the middle of this pandemic, churches are being launched and people are getting saved and lives are being transformed and marriages are, are being rescued and transformed by God and children are coming back to Jesus that have been away and, and the, the prayers of the grandparents are being answered in the middle of a pandemic, you know. And you would think that in the middle of a pandemic that we would all be so afraid uh, to, to do anything or believe anything that we would all kind of huddle back into our, into our little corners and our rooms and our homes. And, and, uh, and I, I think that there is something to be said about not wanting to get sick. But any time that the church has been persecuted or has been quarantined, any time the church has been put in a box, God always uses it to grow the church and to spread in revival. That really is how it works. The problem is that if you're the one in the pandemic, you, it's like, okay, that's a great story, but we're the one in it. And so what's happening right now is that all around the country, there are churches being launched right now. And there are church teams that are growing and people are getting saved and people are on fire. And it's amazing how there seems to be like two two sides to the body of Christ right now. There's one side of the body that, that responds to the quarantine in not lethargy, but kind of, kind of I, I wanna call it fear a little bit, um, but there's another side that is on fire and moving forward. And, and somehow in the middle of all that, I think the whole church needs to understand something. That, that whether there's a pandemic or an earthquake or a war, whether it's hot outside or cold outside, you know, winter's on its way. I know you don't want to admit that yet, but winter's on its way. They, they had a little sprinkling of snow up in the mountains, I think, I think last night up on some mountain peaks and I was rebuking the devil. And I know it wasn't the devil, but I got to rebuke something. Um, that, that regardless of what's happening, God is still working and his vision has nothing to do with whether or not we're in a pandemic because God uses the context of man to enable us and to fulfill the will and the plan of God. That's how he works. You see, vision, vision for us is not something that we, we think about with our eyes that we see. Vision for a Christian always comes from, from revelation. See, the, the word for vision in the Bible is revelation. So when the servant was standing there and he got prayed for, and then all of a sudden his eyes were revealed and he had a revelation, that's vision. 
It's not like, see, we need a vision, but when we say we need a vision, it's, you know, we, God give us a vision for the church. Can I just tell you, it's not like Jesus is up in heaven having a staff meeting with Moses and Elijah going, hey guys, we really need a vision for the kingdom. There's no staff meeting happening in heaven right now with the heavenly host. There's no votes being taken. There's no people giving their opinions. You know, they're not sitting around, you know, having snacks, thinking, man, what are we gonna do this year? Did you know that God already knows what he's gonna do this year? So when we talk about vision, we're not talking about trying to come up with something on our own. We're talking about having the veil of our eyes opened and moved and removed so that we can see what God is already doing. That's vision. Vision is us trying to apprehend the plan of God, not us trying to create a plan for God. Are you with me? And this is revelation. I mean, this is how it works. And by the way, God's got a plan for you. <laughs> God's got a plan for you and he's got a plan for me. There's probably some people sitting here today, you're thinking, I don't even know if God has a plan for my life. He does. But the key to God's plan for your life it's not you trying to figure it out on your own. It's you saying, okay, Jesus, uh, let me have a revelation of what it is that you're doing in my life and how many angels happen to be around me right now on horses and chariots that I don't see. There might be a hundred thousand, there might be a hundred people in the room, this room, but a hundred thousand angels around this building. Are you, are you with me? See, this is how vision really works. And so, Here's Elijah's assistant, right? And he's, he's sitting there and he's like, well, the, the assistant was having an experience that you and I have all the time. And that is that God was trying to help him with his eyes of faith. I love 2 Corinthians chapter five when it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And when, when this happened, when this was, was written, there was this understanding that the church of God was being birthed through revelation, not just through human vision. That we walk by faith, not by sight. But you know, that's, that's easy to say. It's not easy to do. But here, here we are in this pandemic and we're like, okay, how do we see what's going on? How do we make this happen? And, and the, the servant is, um, is sitting there and then Elijah prays for him and his eyes opened and he had a revelation. And the revelation was that he thought he was surrounded by the enemy, but really the enemy was surrounded by God. So in your life, whatever is happening right now in you, and whatever happens to be, to be in the news, whatever we think is going on in the church, it might seem that we are being surrounded by the enemy, but really the enemy is being surrounded by God. And then something begins to change when you realize that you already have the battle won. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait a minute, we've already won the battle. So this isn't about survival, this is about how do we make sure that God gets the most glory that he can get. So now that we've already won the battle, how do we make sure that God gets the glory? Well, here's what we do. So Elijah, Elijah prays, Elijah prays for his servant. He says, oh, we're surrounded by an enemy, we're, you know, we're gonna die. If, if, the, if Elijah would have allowed his servant to only use his natural eyes, they would have surrendered. But surrender ended, in surrounding, but what was the key? Well, he had to go from seeing something with his eyes to seeing something with his, with his spirit. I love when Jesus was talking to the disciples or whoever it was, you know how Jesus always used stories, right? He used stories because 
all of us are like little children. And, and you know, the older we get, the more complicated we make things. Have you noticed that? Have you ever noticed that? Like, even, even in Bible college and stuff, I remember get, getting saved and going to Bible college. Things were so simple to me as a new Christian. And the, the longer I was in Bible college and then in seminary, the more confused I got. Because that's part of adulthood is you just confuse things a little bit. And so he likes to take us back to our childhood. And he says, I'm gonna tell you everything that you need to know in stories. I love him in Matthew 13. This is what he says. Check this out. In Matthew chapter 13, he says to this, the disciples came to him and asked him, why do you always speak in parables? And he answered, though seeing they do not see, and though hearing they do not hear or understand. Because there is a difference between hearing and understanding. And then he says, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be hearing, but you will never understand. And then look at this. You will, you will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. There is a difference between seeing and perceiving. And this is that faith walk. The difference is one takes your natural eyes and the other does not. To perceive something, you don't need your eyes. There's something happening around you all the time. I remember this one time, I don't even know this applies, but I'm gonna tell you anyways. Um, I remember this one time, my wife, she may not remember this, and I pray that you, you really forgive me for this as I confess it. The, my wife was, she, she cleaned the house one day. She cleaned the kitchen. I mean, cleaned it. I mean, that thing, and we, we, have, and I, we have a saying in our house, we say, mom clean. So like, hey, we, I'm, mom, I want, you to, I want you to clean the kitchen, Kaylee. And Kaylee will go, okay, and then, then there'll be a pause, and then Donna will say, mom clean. <laughs> Everybody knows what that means, right? That means you gotta wipe all the counters, not just the one you're trying to cook on, right? <laughs> she, she cleaned it. She cleaned that kitchen. And then she was going out to work. She had to do some ministry stuff. She had a meeting. And I came home and I was all by myself in the house. That doesn't happen very often. So when that happens, I look at the TV and I go, destiny. And I look at the fridge and I say, come on, somebody. I start amen to myself at the fridge. I go to the fridge. I take out a bunch of food. I start making food. And when I make food, listen, listen, I will not be bound by the confines of cleanliness when I cook. I, you can't be creative. You can't be creative. I'm a creator in the kitchen. You can't be creative and, and, be, and worry about things. So I start cooking. I mean, I got pans out, knives out. I've got cutting boards everywhere and there's like vegetables and stuff all over the place and stuff's on the floor and the dog's like, hallelujah. The dog just hangs out with me and loves me in those moments and I'm cooking and I'm watching something and, and I just trash the kitchen, trash it. And then my wife FaceTimes me. She's like, what are you doing? Who's home? And I'm like, oh, I'm just cooking. You know, I should have declined. I should have declined her. And we're, I'm just cooking and I'm going to watch something, you know, like I'm going to watch like the first 10 episodes of the original Star Trek. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And, and she's looking and she has this look on her face and, and I don't even, she doesn't say anything though. She doesn't say, I just cleaned the kitchen. You better leave it clean. She's, she didn't say, you know, she didn't say anything. She's, she's sweet. She just looks at me and I can see her looking around my head on the phone. Like, right? But she doesn't say anything. I hang up. I go sit on the couch, turn on the TV. I did not see her. And, and you know, she didn't react in a way. But when I sat down and I started to eat, 
I perceived something. I perceived it. I started to put it all together in my head and started to think how she's a type of Christ. Does not condemn me in the moment, but yet speaks to me like a child, <laughs> trying to help me to understand. And I could, per, I could perceive, could perceive something. So even though she didn't say anything, over here I could perceive that when we, she came home, we were gonna have a conversation. <laughs> and so I got up and I cleaned that kitchen, man. Mom cleaned. I mean, I was on the floor. You're clapping because I cleaned the kitchen. Come on, people. No, you are. You're happy for me. I know you are. I cleaned that thing, and then I didn't stop. I cleaned the living room. I cleaned, you know, I did the little thing. What's that called when you mop? A, mop? Is that a mop? I did that. I did uh, Bona. That's what that Bona thing on the Bona. And uh, I always wondered what that stuff was for in the closet. Anyways, uh, she came home, and she was just, she was so, she's just so emotional. She said, thank you so much. We, I worked so hard tonight. I didn't want to come home. I perceived it. See, there's, there's, there's a difference between seeing and perceiving. And when this servant realized that he was going to die, he could have surrendered. But instead, he was allowed to see something that he could not see with his eyes. There's this, there's a little, this is, this is cool. There's this little fish down in South America. It's a little tiny minnow about this big. And when it swims around in the water, it swims with its head touching the surface. surface. And the reason is because its eyes are actually on the top of its head. And when it swims, it can watch out for predators on top. So half of its eye is looking up into the sky and half of it is underneath the surface looking down below. So it can actually see predators in two different worlds. It can see in two different worlds. God's people need to be able to see in two worlds at the same time. And shall we please not be so ignorant to not acknowledge that there is an enemy? There is an enemy. And whenever things go, are going bad, can I just tell you that the day that Jesus was crucified and buried, the enemy was celebrating because he thought he had won in that sense. The, 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 the Lord went into the ground and the enemy began to celebrate. But did you know that under the surface, behind the scenes, God the Father was having a conversation from the spiritual world into the natural world. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the very last thing that he said, he looked up into heaven from the natural into the spiritual and he said, Father, it is finished. And the Bible says he gave up his spirit. There's two worlds happening. We have to be able to see. And the enemy, there's nothing that the enemy wants more than the church to be quarantined. And if the church only sees with its natural eyes, we will quarantine ourselves into a place to where we have no effectiveness. The enemy would love for nothing else than for you to feel quarantined in your own spirit and in your own heart. But regardless of what the natural constraints are that we deal with every day in the middle of this, you cannot quarantine the vision and the revelation of God because it will not stop. The question is simply, are we willing to press in just a little bit to figure out how do we get to participate in it in the middle of the context that we've been given? That's the question. That's the question. But the question is, can we see? 
We have got to see. I love this quote from Helen Keller. I, I remember the first time I heard this. I just prayed this over myself. Helen Keller once said, she said, I have known, I have, no, I have walked with people whose eyes are filled with light and perceive absolutely nothing. That's not how we're supposed to live. It's not how we're supposed to work. So we have to make sure that we connect with the vision of God. That vision is not, we need to sit down at a table and we need to talk and talk and talk and talk until we talk ourselves blue in the face trying to figure out how to get through something when maybe if we just stopped and opened our spiritual eyes, let half of our spirit just pop up into the supernatural and realize that there's an enemy that wants us to, to uh, he maybe has us surrounded by whatever, but the pandemic does not have us surrounded. God has surrounded the pandemic. And when it's all over, we're gonna see God get the glory. And so what does he do? So the servant's standing there and he says, he says, oh, we are surrounded. We are surrounded. And so what does Elisha do? Elisha, knowing, knowing what is about to happen because he's in the spirit, he's seen in the spirit, he just prays. He prays. He says, oh Lord, what shall we do? And he says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is humanity aligning itself with the will of the Father. And prayer, you see, prayer is interesting because, you know, over, the, over three decades, you know, I actually... I actually, this is, I'm, I'm almost at 30 years of ministry. My, I started my first small group, I think 30 years ago in September. And I'm only 35. I was leading a group at five years old. <laughs> 30 years. And I've seen, I've seen some things about prayer. See, when we pray, we measure the, the impact or the success of the prayer on whether or not what we see in the natural changes. Because we want a natural result. And so Elisha prays for his servant. The servant's eyes are opened and now again he realizes that the battle's already been won. So this should change something. We shouldn't be praying to see a natural change. We should be praying for a supernatural resolve to what God is doing. Because God's plan is bigger and deeper than our plan. It's not the same. Now I want you to look at this. Because I think this is incredible. Elisha gets a word from the Lord. And he says to the king of Israel, he says, hey, don't go down to the corner of Alameda and University. Don't do it. Because... The Arameans are sitting behind that big brick wall that goes down university. And when you drive down, they're gonna jump over the wall and kill you. So they don't go. And then the Lord speaks to him, the Bible says time and time again, whenever they would go out. He said, oh, hey king, listen, whatever you do, don't go hang out in Cherry Creek. Cherry Creek's gonna get wiped out. It's just like the enemy's waiting for you in Cherry Creek. So they don't go to Cherry Creek. Don't go... <laughs> 
Elisha gets a word from the Lord. He's praying. The Lord speaks. Whatever you do, do not go to uh, the Park Meadows Mall because the enemy is waiting for you at the Park Meadows Mall. And so the prophet says, hey, don't go to the Park Meadows Mall. The enemy's there. Now look what's happening. The Lord is speaking to Elisha on how to direct his people. And when the enemy eventually shows up, we would tend to think that God was not controlling the entire process. God was speaking to Elisha. Elisha was speaking to Israel. Israel could not be ambushed. It made the Arameans mad, so they, he brought the Arameans to Elisha. And then they had a confrontation with someone who could see in the spirit. If you are a person who can see in the spirit, you will have the anointing on you to change what happens in the natural. But you have to be a spiritual person and God will actually send the people that you don't like to you. God will send the people that you don't want to talk to, to you. God will place you with the people that bother you the most. He'll put them in your house. Why? Because we tend to think that when we pray, we want something to change in the natural when God is trying to do something at a much higher level in the spiritual. Okay, now are you with me so far? Because there's a little more to this. Because then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, see, he prayed. So prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer enables us to see something in the spirit and it changes what we think the result should be. Because we realize that the battle has already been won. So now, God, since the battle's already been won, what are you trying to do? So then he sends the army and he blinds the army. He prays again. Prayer is the key. Blind them, Lord. Oh, who are you looking for? Oh, we're looking for Elisha. Um, but we can't see right now. My eyes are all foggy. There's something crazy happening. None of us can see. Oh, you're looking for Elisha. Hey, you know what? You are in the wrong place. Why don't, it's Elijah talking. Why don't you follow me? So now the very person that they were trying to put in bondage is now leading them to their freedom. Now you gotta stay with me here. Why don't you follow me? So now instead of capturing their following, and they can't see. They can't see, but Elisha can see, like that little fish. Takes them over to Samaria, walks them through the gate, winks and kind of at the king. I got these guys. The ones that I've been telling you that were trying to get you, because I can see in the spirit, I got them. And my servant's going crazy. He doesn't know what's going on. He's crying. Get him off the ground. Come on. Just. And then he says, okay, Lord. Praise again a third time. Open their eyes. So now when the enemy opens their eyes, they're now surrounded by the very people that they had been trying to destroy. And then what happens? The king says, Elisha, let's kill him. You brought him here. Let's kill him. 
And Elisha says, no, I didn't bring them here to be put in slavery or death. I'm gonna set them free. What? What are you talking about? The people who've been trying to kill us, you brought them in here, we surrounded them, a miracle happened, and now you want me to set them free? He says, yeah, and take them all to Chick-fil-A. Because Chick-fil-A is the answer to everything. What are you talking about? So he says, no, you're not gonna kill them. Would you kill your own prisoners of war? Is that how you treat people? No, I want you to make them a feast. I want you to get them water and we're gonna have a meal with them. And so now we've gone from being surrounded by the enemy to the enemy being surrounded by God to the enemy who was chasing to kill somebody is now being led by that person into the middle uh, to be surrounded by the people he was trying to kill. And then in the middle of not dying, we make them a meal. And in the middle of feeding them and loving them, the Bible says in the last verse that I read you, and the Israelites were attacked by them no more. So not only did God take care of one battle, he took care of all of the future battles that we were gonna face because we still think that this is about what we see with our eyes. You see, if we really wanna see God do things in this season, we have to get out of the natural way that we think. And we have to go to a 10,000 foot level with the Holy Spirit and try to see what God is doing in your life, what he's doing in this church, what he's doing in our city, and what he's doing with the body of Christ around the world. And we have to get our eyes off of our own circumstances, as hard as that is. I just, and I think part of this is, is prayer. Because when you pray, let me put it like this. I'm almost done. The church... As a church, we want to take as much ground as we have been given. But in prayer, we're going to take more ground than we have been allowed. So in the natural, we we take the ground that we've been given and be faithful with it. But in prayer, we take more ground than we have been allowed. And when we do that, all of a sudden you're like that little fish and half of your sight is up here and half you're seeing in two different worlds and make no mistake about it, the two worlds are connected. First the natural, the Bible says, and then the spiritual. And we, 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 we go through something and then we react to it. The two worlds are connected. Your life, your journey, your family, your job, your circumstances, the church and where the church and the body of Christ is at today, if we think that we're just walking this natural um, thing, trying to get through a pandemic and God's not involved anywhere in it, we're not going to be able to see the multiplied ways that God can get the glory if we can just see a little deeper. If God could just open our eyes to what it is that he is doing, I believe that we would see 100,000 angels surrounding 100 people in here and that we would begin to change the way that we actually plan, the way that we think, and how we think that God wants to do this. This isn't about getting through, this is about God getting the glory, and that's a different kind of thing, I'm telling you right now. It's a different journey. So that's, that's where we're at in the kingdom of God today. You know, over the next few months, as we take more ground, that ground that we're allowed in the natural, as we 
are faithful to that, there will also be a spiritual realm in this where God will begin to move things or change things according to his spiritual plan. We're going to take more ground in the spirit and watch things change down here. But it has to be for the glory of God, not the glory of a man, not the glory of a person, not the glory of a single congregation, not the glory. It's, it's got all the glory has to go to God. So this morning, I just want you to know that God has a vision. He's got a vision for the church and for you and I, and you can't quarantine the vision. It's, it's, it's overarching. It's, it's above the pandemic. It's higher than our problems. And our prayers have to be to have our eyes opened. Not so that we can see changes in the natural, but so that we can see the context in the spiritual. I think something's gonna happen. I think the Holy Spirit's gonna begin to move. I think that, that people, and I'm gonna be very honest with you right now, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for the church. I'm praying that people have a supernatural experience and that God begins to open their eyes. Why don't you do me a favor, stand, stand to your feet right now, let me pray for you, and let's just ask God to open all of our eyes and uh, let me have the, Kaylee come back to the piano and, and just pray a little bit. I'd like you to close your eyes and just hang out with me just for a second as we wrap this up. Um, I believe that, that some of you here and some of you online as well, I'm speaking to everybody. God is wanting to open your eyes, your spiritual eyes. He wants you to perceive and not just see. He wants you to perceive. He wants you to have knowledge of something, to have confidence in something. He wants you to be aware that he is involved in everything that you're going through. And I, I know I was preaching it. It didn't hit me, you know, it didn't hit me until now, but you know, that song, I thought I was surrounded, right? But I was surrounded by you, right? You don't have to sing it. Like I know you just went like, Pastor Doug wants that song right now. I wasn't saying that, but if you know it, we can do it. But I, I believe that the Lord wants some of you to know that, that you think you're surrounded by the enemy, but really the enemy is surrounded by God and you're the key to seeing something change in your life. Father, I pray right now for every person here. I pray, Lord, that you'd open our eyes. I pray that you'd open our eyes the way that Elisha prayed for his servant. I pray for the church today. I pray that you would open our eyes. Lord, open our eyes to what it is that you're doing. I pray that we wouldn't see the problem. Lord, that we would see the potential in it. I pray that we wouldn't see the dangers that we face, but that we would see the deliverance that it will bring. I pray, Father, that you'd come and anoint us with the anointing of Elisha and Elisha's servant. That, that Father, we would, we would have our spiritual eyes open. And that, Father, we would not be seeing without perceiving. Father, today, I pray that there would just be angels that are singing over our city. That there would be angels, angelic voices, and the voices of heaven singing over Denver, Colorado, songs of freedom and songs of deliverance. And that there would be chariots of fire and, and, and warriors, mighty warriors at our side, prepared to do whatever the Lord asked them to do on our behalf. Father, today, I pray that you would open our eyes 
to see what it is that you're doing in the kingdom of God. Father, I come to you today and I'm beseeching you. Jesus, we come to you. We ask you to have your way and to do your will and to open our eyes. Father, I give you the glory today. We pray that you bless us. Bless us with spiritual sight. Church, pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Okay, hold on. The first thing I'm gonna do is pray for us. Pray for ourselves. Pray this. Say, Lord Jesus. I'm so thankful that you forgave me. I'm so thankful that you died on the cross. I'm so thankful for all you've done for me. And I pray right now that you would open my eyes, open my spirit, show me, Father, what you are doing. Allow me, Jesus, to participate in the great work of God. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to stay, just stay there just for a minute, right where you're at. Close your eyes if you need to, but I want to stay in this, I want to stay in this, uh, this moment just for a second. Because I believe the Holy Spirit's here. And I believe that, that we will never see what we need to see unless we make some room, as the song said. Father, I pray for your anointing today. I pray for those people here that are struggling with their marriages. I pray for the ones that are hurting in their friendships. I pray for the ones that have been searching today, searching for you, looking for you all year, even before this, this pandemic, they were searching and looking and hoping to find you. And today, here you are. Here you are, open their eyes, Father, to just know that you're here for them today. You're, you're standing with them. Your presence surrounds them, Jesus. God, I pray that you'd speak to their hearts and their minds. The Bible says that, that we should not have a spirit of fear. That's not from you. But we have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Father, I pray that you'd fill us with your spirit. Watch over us with your love. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives today. You bless these people, Jesus. I pray for them. I pray they would see it, that they would be hungry for it. I pray, Lord, that they would pursue it with all their heart. Here is the way. So the Lord says, here is the way. Here it is. Now just come towards me. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, he said, I, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. He says, here I am. Just come over here. Come hang out with me, and I'm gonna hook you up. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna watch over you. I've got a plan for you. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let's sing it, yeah.